Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. It is Wednesday, December 23rd, 2020, and it is time, diggity donks, for Morning Combat. Hi, everyone. My name is Luke Thomas. I'm from CBS Sports. I am one half of your hosting duo, joined by the most infamous man in all of MMA media. He is the king of Connecticut, my friend and yours, also from CBS Sports, if I didn't mention that already, the one and only Brian Campbell. BC, good to see you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, to echo the great Dana White, what the hell have I ever accomplished in this lifetime, Luke? All right. But <laughs> happy Hanukkah to Jay just the same. All righty then. Yes. Uh, by the way, day before Christmas, have you done all of your Christmas shopping? Well, yeah. Day before I Christmas have a, Eve, I should say. Sorry. I have a fantastic wife who's handled most of that, Luke. Okay. So, yes, Wait, I have. does she buy it? Don't. Let's hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we go another step, yes. don't you tell me that she buys her own gifts for herself from you? Normally, no. This year, I had some travel the last six weeks. Oh, uh, wow. wow. You know, it, it may have went down like that, all right? It may, it may have happened like that. Because if it didn't happen like that, you know where I'd be right now? Not in this chair, Luke, okay? I'd Bloody, be out You at, got the you balls know. to tell me you have family time at night? You charlatan. You liar. No wonder Dana White fucking... Skewers you like a fish. You deserve it, you Does heathen. Does this look like the kind of face that would try to take down MMA in general, Luke? I mean, come no. on. A hot dog from Cumberland Farms, maybe. MMA? No, I don't think so. Uh, we have a lot to get to today. Of course, Dana White putting out the world's dumbest video, which we'll react to here in short order. Plus, we have Anthony Pettis, who apparently has left the UFC. We have some fights that were announced. Some fights on Fight Island that were announced, uh, or at least, yes, uh, there were some of those were announced, not all of them, but um, and some other pieces of the puzzle to get to today as well. No SJW, but we will do Dead Wrong today, and we will get to fan art. There will be we have a, a Friday. Say again? We have a, we got a batch of fan submissions. Look, okay, a, a great. Bit, I mean, we got to lift these suckers up, all right? Uh, and then we have, we do have a Friday show, but it won't be live. It'll be a, a pre-recorded special for you guys. Still, nevertheless, Friday, Christmas morning, you can crack it open and you'll have some MK for you ready to go on your Christmas day. So, uh, as always, please give the video a thumbs up, hit the subscribe button. Uh, let's see, if you want to try Showtime, who makes this show possible, you certainly can. You can go to Showtime.com right now, get a 30-day free trial. If you want some merch, you can get that too. I don't think either of us have any merch around, do we? No, I don't think that I do. But uh, you know who does is Showtime. Yeah, there it is. You can go to store.show, that's S-H-O.com, and you can get some merch. I don't know if you can get in time for Christmas anymore, but maybe New Year's, something like that. And if you live in five counties in L.A. or New York, that's it. But otherwise, you know, it's good to go. Uh, it's a okay, good Kwanzaa BC. gift, Luke, okay, if you're into that. I don't know how Kwanzaa works in terms of the dates. Do you know? Is it like Hanukkah? I don't know. I think there's candles involved, but I, you know, I'm, I'm very ignorant to that in, in really most things in life. So yeah. yeah, well, I would join you on that one as well. I have shamefully know nothing about it, but uh, all right. Well, there are some things we do know about. Maybe ostensibly, I don't know. Depends who you ask. Let's start things off on Monday after the show, which was perfect because we had to sit for 48 hours without being able to react to it. UFC president. Really? Dan wait, wait, Luke, Luke. I I'm surprised you didn't react to it on your personal channel. Would have been a great time, right? I mean, really. Oh, don't don't think I didn't consider it. Uh, <laughs> but actually, the reason why I didn't was because I was not featured in it, and I thought 
the guy who was is my partner. He should probably get the first word. So just to set it up here very quickly, Dana White, UFC president, put out a video. It looked like a political campaign ad in terms of its styling on Monday afternoon on Twitter. It got some decent traction, I thought, some pretty widespread um, uh, awareness. Uh, people who liked it are the ones who basically don't take coronavirus seriously. People who didn't would be the MMA media. But in it, uh, he slanders MMA media, attacks them, and says they were critics, then uh, they were wrong all along in terms of the UFC's ambitions during the coronavirus. BC, you were featured, I would hate to say this, prominently in this, which is fucking <laughs> hilarious because you lightly, cr lightly criticized them maybe a handful of times. You mostly supported what they were trying to do, and they nevertheless chucked you right under that bus. What do you got to say, sir? I, look, I'm the MVP of that video. I guess, you know, no, no uh, headlines or <laughs> bad bad press in this case, right? It's all good in the end. Um, it's amazing the emotions you get in the 24-hour period after this. Like, this is a freaking joke, right? Like, first of all, because I'm not the guy. I mean, look, you were texting me the that day. My phone's blowing up. I'm at Walmart trying to buy stocking stuffers. My phone's blowing up. Looks like I wasn't even in that shit at all. You should be the enemy, Dr. Fauci. But instead... It was me, and look, sadly, it was our, our guy Brandon Wise from CBS Sports, the yeah. fine combat editor who who had joined me on a couple podcasts pre-Luke Morning Combat merger, and I think all of this is pulled from, like, the one episode back in the tight Tachi Palace disaster where us and everyone else was like, God, what's going on with Dana here? He's out of control. So, look, all right, I know what you want me to do, right? You want me to come out here and be like, fuck Mob Deep. Fuck Zufa boxing. <laughs> fuck Dana White as a as a label and a crew. Don't want don't want y'all got sickle cell or something. I know you want me to do that, right? And I have, by the way, researched how other people in the past have responded to being unfairly attacked by Dana White. So you know, last warning: this is not how Eskimo brothers should talk to one another, Dana. But look, the reality is, um, very overblown here, Luke. Um, you talk about fake news, and this is essentially what Dana White's trying to do, right? Almost Trumpian this also, way. Let me, interrupt you. let me interrupt you very quickly. It's not essentially fake news. It's straight up fake news, but go ahead. Yeah, so he's responding to fake news with fake news. Dana White's still pissed at whoever wrote that New York Times piece, right? And he's pissed that somebody apparently called the the, the, the governor of California right ahead of the Tachi Palace disaster, and, and some people think that led directly to Disney Governor Newsom, ESPN being like stand down. Well, Senator, here's the deal. and also Senator Dianne Feinstein uh, out of California as well. But yeah, and that may be all connected. And he can hate that one person. That's fine. But like everybody, rightfully so, ahead of the Tachi Palace fight. Which, if you don't remember the timeline, it was the original UFC 249 card. Dana was trying to rush it out when all 50 states commissions had said no live events, no sporting events. So do you want to talk about what when was that the right time to question him? Of course, to make matters even worse. Dana's saying none of us use facts and we're just trying to go clickbaity. Do you remember Dana White's response during that window? It was, I'm not telling you guys anything. I don't owe the media anything. We were reaching out to him trying to understand the protocol of what the testing would look like, knowing that it was controversial that the UFC's last card pre-quarantine in March in Brasilia did not have COVID testing and somewhat controversially went on. And of course, you know, Jacare, we've been down that road before. Was that the right season to question Dana White in which I, somebody pulled out a context from my state of combat podcast, RIP me using the word reckless. Yeah, 
That was a pretty reckless time, if you right. ask me, Luke. And right. by the way, sh- somebody pointed this out on our CBS team. Shout out to whatever low-level UFC video editor where Dana got on the phone and was like, find a- get on Campbell's podcast and find that out. They had to swim through them dick jokes to find that. Okay, so shout out to whoever that person was, <laughs> you know, who pulled Brandon Wise out of the stack and put him up like a mugshot along next to me, okay? It's like, it's like the scene from South Park where Cartman is trying to show what's-his-face chat roulette he's like there's a guy jacking off there's a guy jacking off there's a guy jacking off (laughs) so look i'm not the enemy because i questioned dana like everybody else during that season but like everybody else i said once you get this approved by a state commission and we can do it the right way with transparency and testing i'm all for somebody being first, somebody clearing the way. And I don't know if you remember, Luke, early in the morning combat in the quarantine, when you were somewhat rightfully like, oh my God, what are they doing? I brought up the question and said, hey, Luke, is there a chance that Dana could end up being a hero during the quarantine if he can pull this off? And you were like, well, no, 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 no. In some ways he has. I owe a lot of my 2020 and the success of this show and my bottom line and me being able to go to Walmart and afford Christmas gifts to Dana getting out there and making this happen, which is why I've spent most of this calendar year saying this guy is, you know, the, the quarantine MVP. I don't say that in a Robbie Barstool type of way or, 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 or a schmo or anybody else. I'm just like, look, that's the facts. Why was I nailed in this? Probably, Luke, because you heard that Bob Arum sound in that. That Bob Arum sound came from my interview with Bob early in the quarantine. Um, I wrote a story on it. So this is where Dana was actually right. He said, you know, the media is just clickbaiting. Yeah, that's a clickbait move. If Bob Arum comes on your podcast and calls Dana White, you know, an arrogant asshole, you're probably, your website's probably going to write that story. I put my byline on that story. That's probably why I was looked at as a, you know, a villain or a threat. When in reality, I had Dana White. I interviewed him on CBS Sports HQ the month after that. Not only did we get on great, I challenged him. He answered my questions. I got messages from UFC PR after the interview saying Dana loved it. You challenged him, but you were fair, blah, blah, blah. So I don't need to, you know, clean my name and prove it. I did feel bad for, you know, Alexander K. Lee, all these, you know, dudes who are, who are good guys in our business who are just like idiot, loser, you know, whatever. Like, I'm wrong. surprised you I didn't mean, call any of them virgins. Virgin. Th- yeah. What have you ever accomplished? Like, this is the most like, how do I fight fake news? Let me just put on the most self, you know, aggrandizing, you know, like, uh, you know, you talked about it on Twitter. No prominent features of fighters who were the ones who were, you know, risking everything. Um, Not enough about the UFC staff, by the way, PR, everything top to bottom. They've been great. I love those people. They've get, you know, helped us out, whatever. They have had a great year. This was all about Dana. Nobody can prove me wrong. Nobody can hold me back. And again, I'm somebody that respects what Dana ultimately pulled off. But was this a ridiculous low blow? Could you imagine David Stern or Adam Silver or, you know, Paul Tagliabue or Bud Selig or something doing something like this? No, you couldn't. Maybe that's going to always be the difference between MMA and this. But I'm not going to come out here and drop bombs and say that Dana would still be a cardio kickboxing coach in Boston in his late 40s if it wasn't for Lorenzo. Not going to do stuff like that. Yeah, but we're Dana, definitely not going to say that out loud, yes. But Dana, I'm not your enemy. Do you know what your enemy is, Dana? You got a big enemy over there in uh, Waikiki, Hawaii, right? Wapanao Beach, whatever you call it. How do you pronounce that, Luke, from that Beach Boy song? Uh, Waikiki, Y and I, something I don't know. Y and I Beach. Remember that cliff that you stood at the top of? <laughs> All right, Dana, let's pause this conversation real quick. Remember in that video where you slant, where you, you 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 where you roasted me and you said nobody at UFC lost their job during 2020. You know who did lose their job? 
Rachel Ostevich. You know who jumped off that cliff on that video at, at Wapanai Beach? Rachel Ostevich. So shout out to her. Shout out to that. I'm not your enemy. Your enemy is that cliff that you bitched out on or the mafia that banged on your door that time trying to get money and you ran to start the UFC. Great life. Great career, Dana. I love you. But I'm not your guy. All right. So that, that, that's what I got to say. All right. That's what funny. Else you want? That's funny. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's all, I almost question about whether or not it's even worth saying anything because it is, the answer is yes, it is. But it's look, there's a group of people that are not going to look into any of the claims that he makes. And even if you do look into the claims that he makes, which I did, I had a long Twitter thread, but I went through every single article that he lists in that uh, video. And literally one of them is from Brian Campbell from June and it has the word epidemic in the headline but it actually has nothing to do with the coronavirus or the UFC's handling of the coronavirus it has to do with stars wanting more money and they just threw it in there and then threw yeah, Brian Luke, under the pa bus pause on that remember that same week that John Jones Conor McGregor and Henry Cejudo all announced their retirement so I wrote a obvious reaction column like Right. UFC's got to figure out this fighter pay thing. I right. think in that story, I actually praised Dana's handling of the previous few months. It's ridiculous. And I think, I think actually, I went back and reread it, and what you had argued a bit was basically that, like, you know, listen, there's money is going to be hard to be hard to come by. And you and I debated whether or not that was true, but that is not an anti-UFC position. Far from it. It's actually quite sympathetic to the situation that they were facing at the time, uh, or at least that's one certainly one I think reasonable interpretation of it. But I mean, he, he, here is the basic point: like, I don't. If you're open to the idea that evidence matters, you should keep listening. If you're not open to the idea that evidence matters, then you can go ahead and downvote this and you can say that this is all nonsense. I'm not the guy for you. But if what you actually care about is what the truth is, then I encourage you to have just two minutes of patience with me. I don't care, for the most part, what people believe in this world. Okay? Um, Sometimes you believe things because that's what you were taught. Sometimes you believe things because you learned it that way. Sometimes you believe things because you learned something a certain way and then you were convinced otherwise. But if you believe something, and in particular, if you really strongly believe something, you should be able to argue on behalf of that. The funny thing about this video that he put out is that rather than actually showing that the journalists were wrong, <laughs> it actually does the opposite. And what is so cowardly about the video is that he doesn't even have the willingness to run on the actual record. So let's talk about the record for just a second if we can. Here is the record. In the second week of March, virtually every sport globally, certainly in North America, had shut down. Okay, the March Madness, canceled. NBA, you know, indefinitely suspended. NHL, MLS, you can go down the list. Following all of that, the UFC still went down to Brasilia, which, by the way, was having its own issues closing everything down. And they still did a card, and they did no COVID testing for it. Dana White goes on ESPN and tries to justify By the way, those, those uh, ESPN anchors at the time, total cowards, never brought up the lack of COVID testing. Dana defends it by saying we always go above and beyond. And when it comes to things at that point, not including COVID, that is certainly true, but they held a show when the rest of the world shut down without COVID testing, okay? Let's just be absolutely clear about that. Then you can go and double, they doubled back on it. They had a show in London that he had told Aaron Bronstetter they were still going to do. When Bronstetter asked if they were going to do COVID testing, he did not answer the question. Then they try and go to do the show at the Tachi Palace where they said they would not reveal what the safety protocol was. Just trust us. We're not going to reveal what the location is. At this point, the Association of Ringside Physicians 
had said there is no event that should happen. California was not only shut down the commission for April, but also all of May. New Jersey shut down, and I believe Nevada was shut down. There was no existing commission protocol on how to handle COVID. Kevin Draper of the New York Times eventually puts out an article that I think got the attention of Gavin Newsom, Dianne Feinstein, whatever happens. They make a call to Disney. Disney and ESPN shut them down. After that, I put out a video on May 4th when the UFC decided that they were going to go to Florida. They were going to work with the commission. Eventually, the New York Times had published their safety protocol. The UFC had then gone back to the Association of Ringside Physicians and said, we want to work with you on this to get you a better understanding of what we're trying to do. Then Association of Ringside Physicians puts out a note saying, okay, it can happen, but only under the strictest guidelines. They do the Florida show. You can make an argument that the Florida show then helped precipitate the return to Nevada, but Nevada upped the level of uh, uh, stringent, let's say, protocol, and then Fight Island on top of that. You want to ask what the journalists were saying. They were saying if you're going to do a test in London or Brazil during the middle of a pandemic when the rest of the world is shut down, you might want to do COVID testing. And in fact, in the video, they bragged that they had done 28,000 COVID tests. Well, I can tell you, That doesn't count UFC Brasilia because there was a whopping zero at that event. It only starts after that fact. It only takes place once the criticisms and the public pressure force change upon them to work with a state actor and and, and then to have transparency about what they were doing. I'm going to give it right back to you, but your point is right. You know what the media ultimately did? Force Dana to do what he did, which was put the right testing and sanctioning in to make it work. If it wasn't for media pressure and checking in, which is their job to ask questions and report. I mean, it's so ridiculous. Does he really want us all to be like, like schmo in it? And, and I love the schmo, by the way. He's great. But you get what I'm, you right. get what I'm saying right here. Okay. I, I'm just, I'm just saying, here's what the record shows. All that criticism. And you can look at my thread on Twitter. All of those things he points out, they all come from that March April, and then a few of them, one of them, which, by the way, BC, they included Jay Mariotti calling Dana a snake. Okay, I do not think Dana is a snake. And also, who gives a fuck what Jay Mariotti thinks? Yeah. The most irrelevant figure in all of media. So they put this out and include it as part of this like broader thing. You notice when the criticism stops. It stops when they worked with Nevada, when the safety protocol was public, <laughs> when everything was transparent. It stopped because what are you going to complain about at that point? All media was asking for was wait until a major commission has put together protocol, follow it, and then we can be done. That's it. That is all they ever asked for. The Florida show was a little bit gray because I'm guessing that the UFC did the majority, if not all, of the heavy lifting and coming with the protocol, and Florida rubber stamped it. But when the state rubber stamped it, they are now on the hook for its safety to a degree as well. It adds an imprimatur of sanctioning that going to Tachi Palace while the California commission is shut down, uh, doesn't have. So like in the end, it's like, dude, did the UFC have a good year? Yes. God fucking bless them. It means the rest of us had a pretty good year for the most part as well. There was some media layoffs as well. I, I, I take no, once they went to Nevada, the criticisms all stopped. All they wanted you to do was, Hey, you talked about running towards regulation for 10 years. You gotta keep doing that. I know it's difficult. We know that you have to get a certain amount of shows in to get the money from ESPN. You had to reach a certain amount of inventory, and losing those weeks fucking sucks. We know, we know, but we're asking in the middle of a pandemic when we don't know anything is still go to a state commission with a state commission that has updated protocol. 
if that makes journalists bad, well, then it makes journalists fucking bad. I don't expect applause to do my job, and nobody else should either. <laughs> and like, like no slander at his ESPN Disney bosses for for you know the actual reason he got shut down. But you know, then he destroyed Ariel, and you know we don't talk to Ariel a lot on this show. But like, I get that they've had a bad history, but he pulled Ariel's comment completely out of context when Ariel was actually being fair and like almost complimentary of them. I mean, it's ridiculous. Look, this. I mean, some people texted me hilariously that this was like a Scientology uh, training video or whatever, you know, propaganda, Russian propaganda video. It kind of takes his uh, his uh, his awful video. Remember when he went after Loretta Hunt like 10 years ago and yes. just dropped like like I mean, it kind of takes that video off the hook for the moment. But um, your thread you had on Twitter, I thought rightfully just just nailed it in terms of just like picking such a small pocket of criticism and making it. As you know, everyone held me back when the reality is he just pulled people that doubted him initially. And you know who doubted him initially? Joe freaking Rogan. I put I that know. video out on Twitter. I ended up taking it down, Luke, only because my mentions became a MAGA graveyard of zombies tracking me down. But um, yeah, Joe Rogan was the guy who was like, I don't know how they're going to pull it off and I'm not going to be there if they do. That was all of us, by the way. Um, I thought it was largely hilarious the whole way, but I did, you know, be honest, people, people hit me up going, oh, you're, you know, you're just, you're, uh, you're crying. Stop crying. You're salty. I got salty when I went on Instagram and saw the victory lap that uh, all celebrities were taking. Tom Brady, Shane Victorino commenting, being like, yeah, Dana, get him. Like, yeah, our hero. When it got to that level, Luke, I started to get a little little angry about uh, how I was being characterized there. Yeah, but, you listen, know, we're all just relitigating COVID again. There's a bunch of people during that time that didn't understand what the big deal is about COVID and why did they have to stop shows? It's like, dude, if you're going to brag, you did 28,000 COVID tests, which is a fuck ton, which came as an enormous inconvenience and expense. I completely get it. But if you're going to brag about it you, and, you, and you're mad about the criticism that came when you did not do that, there's a problem. If you are going to make an argument about your success, make it about the facts. Run on the record. And the criticism comes from all of the things he did before the changes. All yeah, of the success he notes, last, th last thing on this, BC, all of the success he notes comes from after the changes. You're welcome. Yeah, Dana, you can do what you want. I don't need Tom Brady and Shane Victorino dunking on me, all right? So get off my, get off my porch on that. Um, and also, look, if you're going to, like... Spe you know, spell our name right, at least. If you're going to shade me, put some morning combat up there. Get Luke Fauci up there. We don't need no state of combat. Don't fall in love with a podcast that no longer exists, Dana, all right? That's how, not even how a thing bitter, anymore. How bitter were you that I didn't get absolutely crushed in that video? I wasn't. I felt like you were almost. Like, you were almost like, damn, like, didn't I do anything to get a mention here? I mean, you were the guy that was uh, straight up opposing anyone coming back for, for right or wrong. And I'm not I'm not slandering you. How did I become the poster boy for this? What the hell's going on here? Uh, because I, 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 mean, I don't know. I don't want to read into someone's motivations. I can't tell. I mean, I'd be speculating, but I'll just say it's like, dude, this is why you can't win in media. Right. This is the last thing I'll say. Either you we have, we have three choices. Right. So one is you can just be uh, totally against them at all times and blah, blah, blah. That's a choice you can make. You can try and be in between, which is sometimes I'll praise them, like when they made those changes. Dude, after they made those changes, they fucking killed it. They absolutely killed it. There's no denying that they killed it, and good for them. It makes it better for the industry worldwide. We're going to talk about them being on ABC. That's amazing. Or, but you can mix it with some of the things they did before that, which was totally out of line. Or you can just bootlick the whole time. But it just goes to show, unless you bootlick, unless you are absolutely reflexively kind to them at all times, 
there's no safe place for you to be. It doesn't really exist. So I, I'll just say this. He, he talks about he, the video talks about negativity on the media side. You know, one thing that doesn't get mentioned in the video is there's no thanks to the fighters. There's no thanks to the coaches who had, you know, older people in their homes or people who had immunocompromised conditions and they still through quarantines and lockdowns still have to go out there sometimes training in garages or training in shutdown gyms. No one ever thanked them for making the year happen. So I will do what Dana did not do in that video. And I will say thanks to the fighters and the coaches and everyone else in those gyms who took risks upon themselves, in many cases got COVID, just to make sure that the train stayed on the tracks. We salute you. Right. And he could have done this video so much softer. And we would have been like, you know what? Take your victory lap. You deserve it. But instead, just throwing such unnecessary darts. I know that because we benefit and, and survive in some ways off of the UFC being in businesses like yelling at Santa Claus, right, for like taking a nip out of the bar on his way back up the chimney. But it is like that. So shout out to you for that Twitter thread. Shout out to Ben Folks of The Athletic this morning for putting out a, a fact check piece, just really uh, assaulting that whole thing and taking it out. But uh, I mean, look, it's like reality at the end of the day, Dana, the whole time was like, this has nothing to do with money. It did have to do with money. Uh, the parent company's not getting the $750 million, Luke, from ESPN for the guaranteed minimum of shows unless they do what they have to do to get all those shows on the air. Credit to Dana. He figured it out. He didn't give up and put a, you know and put his head in the sand. He Well, he kind of did because he went to Abu Dhabi and, and then he pounded some sand. But you get the point, Luke. He made it happen, but don't try to act like you did it out of the kindness of your heart. The fighters did it because they have no other income. You did it because the parent company, Endeavor, would die without this $750 million. So just be transparent about the whole freaking thing, and we can all move on. Good Lord. That's it. I don't have anything else to say. Any final thoughts, or is that the final thought, BC? You old bitch. I'm going into your playbook <laughs> here, all right? All right, well, enough of that. Let's move on to some happier news that we can put that behind us here, at least for the time being. All right, so BC, we, we, we move along from that. Hold on, let me get my notes up here. Jesus, there's a shit ton of, uh, what you call it, fan submissions today. Let's get to uh, the return to Fight oh, Island. sorry, so, one more thing. Jake Shields, don't be dunking on the media too, all right? I got a laptop you can try to take off. It's right here, all right? It's right below this camera. Hey, Come he on. switched off the laptop and went to the cup of coffee. Get the record straight, okay? All right. And I actually right. asked him about that, and it was fucking hilarious. So, you know what? Jake Shields gets a pass for one day in my book. All right, we go now to UFC starting in 2021. Now that they have everything figured out, and they have a good system in place, and the fighters are making sure that that system runs the way that it's supposed to, Lo and behold, they got a lot of good things on the horizon, which includes, but not limited to, in an eight-day span, BC, January 16th, which is a Saturday, January 20th, which is a Wednesday, and then the big one, which we already kind of knew about, UFC 257, January 23rd, which will be back on a Saturday. So it's technically an eight-day span, not eight separate days, but, you know, well, yes, eight, eight separate days, a seven-day span. But uh, the point being is this, Holloway versus Calvin Cater, January 16th, that'll be the Saturday. Uh, Leon Edwards versus Kamzat Shemaev, January 20th, that Wednesday. Poirier versus McGregor, January 23rd, that same Saturday, or the following Saturday, I should say, for the pay-per-view. Buddy, they are opening up in a big, big way. Lots of extra details here, BC. But Dana White put out a poster about this and sort of you know semi-announcing it yesterday. Your reaction? I mean, and just to add on to that, just to sprinkle on top, right, back to our regularly scheduled reporting of praising data for filling up the calendar uh, in that Connor Dustin 2 pay-per-view, it's looking like the co-main event, right, is Michael Chandler versus Dan Hooker. So 
I mean, good lord. This week is badass. It's very reminiscent of that initial Fight Island launch in July, Luke. And also you're seeing reports that this Max Holloway, Calvin Cater, Saturday, January 16th Fight Night card could be on ABC, which is really, even if it's a one-off or not, Luke, or or a test the water and see, that's great for the sport, putting it on freaking you know, old school network, plug in your TV for free TV. So shout out to that. Look, that's all killer, no filler. Uh, and this is why we need to praise what UFC has done. They obviously have a different level of control compared to boxing, which has had a really, you know, largely forgotten year. But uh, this is killer. This is friggin' killer. I mean, look, if they end up doing Chandler Hooker as the co-main to this, as we talked about in the past, when somebody like Connor fights, you know the pay-per-views are going to sell like hotcakes. They typically don't load that card at all. Having this as a potential co-main and a main event fill-in if either guy falls out. I mean, we're, we're spoiled. Edward Shemaev? I mean, that there's so much we need to see and learn from that fight, and that's your midweek Wednesday appetizer. It's yeah, huge. Dana? It's huge. Yeah, I'll okay. say this. What have I accomplished in my life, Dana? Not much, okay? Not much compared to what you just did for that week. Okay, I'll give you that one, all right? Well, I'll just say this. I mean, you could have just done Poirier versus McGregor for the month of January, and it would still, the entire month would have a big fight feel if they put out enough assets and there was enough interviews and blah, blah, blah floating around, right? You would just have that, like, wow, dude, Conor McGregor's back. You know, they gave Conor McGregor his own date, I'm sure in conjunction with various football realities around ESPN um, in terms of, you know, not having too much conflict, if at all possible. But on top of that, they, they've given him a big appetizer. Now, you remember when they used to do three shows on back-to-back-to-back nights? They stopped doing it because it was just too much. But if you space it out a little bit, and part of this might be due to COVID to like make sure that everyone has enough time to get everything straight and um, you know you don't overlap everything, it's just a nice way to set up Conor McGregor Fight Week. The week before you have an event, it's the first one back, right? Because be, be, from now until that 16th, whether it's on ABC or not, there's going to be no UFC fight. So it's your first one back. You're setting up the Conor McGregor fight. You have another one on Wednesday as like another kind of reminder slash celebration. And then it's the return of Conor McGregor. It's a really smart way to do it. It's a really fun way to do it. It's going to be, honestly, a great week. <laughs> Again, we'll call it like we see it. It'll be a great week for MMA media. They're going to get a lot of clicks uh, on that week. But just more importantly, it's a great way to kick off 2021. I mean, if Dana and a company did learn anything, and I think every sports leader at this point, NBA, NFL, whoever, you can't take the security uh, of normalcy for granted. You don't know, yes. you don't know what's going to come. So if you're going to start 2021, you want to leave 2020 behind. Uh, I'm not saying I couldn't think of a better way to do it, but this is a damn good way to do it. What a fun <clears> start. And BC, to be back on ABC, I don't think being on network TV means as much as it used to, but it certainly is a great sign for the health of that organization and the relationship with that company. Yeah, and and, and it's not the first time, right? It was the uh, the Cain Velasquez Jr. Dos Santos uh, free fight on Fox in 2011, the, the same night as Pacquiao Marquez three that kicked off that Fox deal. But it, it's a big, it's still a big move. And you you compared it to what we saw in 2016 with those three consecutive nights of big fights. I like it much better spread out a little bit, right? Remember that was the weekend of UFC 200 when uh, the UFC sale got announced. So we got what was it? Uh, Eddie Alvarez in uh, RDA on Thursday night. Joanna Klaja 2 on Friday night, and then a loaded UFC 200. That's excessive, Luke. In fact, that, that UFC 200 card, even though it didn't play out as expected with John falling out and everything, top to bottom, that was probably the most ambitious and loaded attempt to even put the prelim fights as, like, must-see ones. But uh, we don't need that. But good God, I'll take what we're getting to kick off 2021. Well, 
well done, Dana and Mick and Sean and um, Chino XL and, uh, you know, everyone else, a bad boy. And, uh, you know, you know, where I'm going with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you like him being on, on ABC? Do you think it's a big deal or not? I mean, I get what you're saying. It isn't as big. It's not as big as when they went on Fox in 2011. It's not as big now in the streaming generation. But I think it's still a, a proper step. And it shows the ESPN commitment. And it shows that if they have a way, if they end up doing a monster rating, and obviously, look, Max Holloway's a good name to put as sort of the, the you know, the, the, the trial horse on this. Um, if it leads to more specials, it, it's, it's great for the, I mean, it's great, Luke. It's, it's more nostalgic than, than strategic in some ways, but... It's also, look, there are a lot of freaking old people who grew up when there were only three channels and those old people's lives right now still revolve around those three channels. I mean, look, ask anybody over 60. Do you know what they do with their time? They watch CBS. <laughs> I don't say that because I work for CBS. It's true, right? How do you think shows like Murder, She Wrote ended up making so much damn money? Old people love that crap. You can slip a little little UFC in on them. You know what I mean? So, sorry, uh, you know, uh, uh, good God, Matlock will be delayed tonight because we got to slip in Max Holloway, Calvin Kidd. You never know. You might get some of those old bastards money down the road. You never know, Luke. Uh, don't you slander Angela Lansbury. Right? It's like, do, do I get more Geritol or do I buy the Connor pay-per-view? Yeah, they're going to have to debate that after that Max fight. Yeah, right? it'll, it'll be fun. I mean, it'll be just curious to see. Like, this is what happens with college football, right? You'll get, you know, your bigger games on ESPN on the weekend and then maybe your SEC championship or your national championship or something like that on one of your bigger network uh, uh, broadcast channels. And that's that's great. But, you know, it's like we've seen, we saw Strikeforce on CBS. We saw UFC on Fox. Um, I'm sure I'm missing something. I think uh, even PFL had the one event on regular uh, NBC. We've seen it. It definitely is cool. It definitely it, – it's more that it, – it, it's more about uh, what it signals rather than how it changes the sport. Like the sport changes and then gets the designation – it's not that the designation then raises the sport to new heights. It's a little bit more the former than the latter, but still, yeah. uh, certainly not. I mean, there could thing. be more. It could be a more of an ad revenue move too. I mean, do you sure. get? Do you get? You know, yeah. So whatever, whatever. At the end of the day, we'll see. So uh, Trojan <clears throat> condoms are going to be getting a lot of shine on the 16th of January. I'll tell you that much. Manscaping the house, Luke. Yep. Manscaping the balls. Okay. Um, now speaking of somebody who won't be on that card or not any UFC card probably ever again. Anthony Pettis apparently is a free agent. Now, UFC has not commented on this. I don't know to what extent the reports have been corroborated, but we knew in the Alex Morino fight from Saturday that that was the last one on Anthony's contract. And you thought, well, uh, what's going to happen next? He puts out a tweet yesterday with a graphic and then a letter with, like, letterhead on it. I mean, it, was, it looked pretty official saying goodbye to the UFC and thanking them. It was not in any way angry. It was nothing but heartfelt. I thought very classy from him. And he says he's on to different things. Didn't say where, but that he is done, uh, at least with the UFC for this chapter of his career. BC, do you like the move from Anthony Pettis? Yeah, I mean, it's a continuation of what we sort of talked into existence on Monday show. It's a great move for him at this point in his career. There's still some juice left in the tank to make fun fights. It's not out of the question that he can win a Bellator title, which would really be a nice capstone on the resume. His brother's already there. It just makes a lot of sense. I'm more interested, Luke, in your thoughts specifically on either the Bellator lightweight or welterweight uh, division and title picture. Are there specific fights you really want to see? I mean, no one's going to turn down him and Benson Henderson three as sort of a nostalgic needle to stick in. But do you think he can? Um, I mean, would, would Pitbull fight him at lightweight, for example? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? 
I mean, that'd be, a, that'd be a great fight. That'd be a great fight. A small lightweight, a great one, and Pitbull against a big-ass lightweight in Pettis. That'd be great. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can go here. As we mentioned, Pettis' younger brother, Sergio, is already over in Bellator, and he looks to be doing quite well there. If you're Anthony Pettis, you do have a lot of miles on you. I don't know how you could argue you don't, but you could fight at 170. You could fight at 155. I don't think 145 is, uh, you know, in play. But So you have two different weight classes, a lot of different opponents you could go with, a lot of different big fights you can go with. People know his name. I don't even think it's out of the question that he could get a belt in Bellator, although I don't know exactly how likely that is. But certainly it seems possible. So, you, again, we talked about before, being a champion in WEC, UFC, and Bellator, it's pretty special. It's hard to do. Plus, if you did go to Bellator and you did fight at 155 and you took it off Patricio Freire, you'd be beating the best Bellator fighter ever in order to claim the title, which is also pretty special because that guy knocked out Michael Chandler, obviously, inside of a round. So... I just feel like, it, it, you know, there's also PFL in play, and that's a good one, too, because Which it's a... It has Rory. Re- yeah. Well, there's that, that would be at 170. I don't know if they're having a 155 tourney coming up or not, but the point being is, you know, you could do a sh- relatively short-ish route to a bigger paycheck. That's certainly a possibility. I don't, I don't know. I just tend to think what he wants is to use what really maximizes what he's become, which is he is a name, he has a fan-friendly style, and he wants to be in the kinds of right fights that accentuate what he has left. The best person to do that is probably Scott Coker, and then second to that, I would argue, is one championship. Does he want to take those risks with travel in a COVID era, even though the vaccines are starting to make their way around the world? Maybe, hard to say. It just seems to me like Bellator is a foregone conclusion at this point, BC. It is, and look, aside from the Benson Henderson trilogy, wouldn't you love to have him fight um, Koreshkov, Douglas Lima for the title? Um, who else am I missing there? That's just inst- – oh, MVP? I mean, look, they're, they're, yep. if you're at this point in your pedis, I mean, you know his style the last few years. It's probably the reason why he's flipped wins and losses so regularly. He gets in there, he just kind of Fs around sometimes, right, and just goes for it, and that's fun, and this is probably the right promotion for that where you can employ that style – and you may accidentally get a title. Like, you may, you may stumble into one. So it's perfect. It really is, Luke. Okay? It is. Thank you. Uh, so I like it, too. By the way, what is the age of Anthony Pettis? Was he 36? Is that right? I think that's right. Uh, yeah, that's 34, right? 34? Uh, yeah, uh, 33. Jesus, he's only 33. Now, in fairness, he'll be 34 in January. So that's soon changing. But still, 34. God damn, that is East. I, wow. That's a lot of miles he's had, dude. That's a lot of miles. If you look at Bellator's lightweight uh, rankings, I'm going to pull up here their uh, their 155ers. Let me do this here very quickly here. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'll pull up their lightweight guys. Sorry. Uh, what are some names beyond just the Patricio name you could get to? You have the Benson Henderson trilogy, as you indicated. Um, you have, wow, not a whole lot more than that. Oh, let's see. Roger. Well, I guess Roger Wirtz is kind of gone. Miles Jury is at 155 which would be a fun fight you could do. Georgie Karakanian is certainly up there. Rustam Habilov is up there. There's a few fighters you could make some interesting moves with, but I honestly think he'd probably be much better suited in terms of using his star power for one <clears throat> Well, Luke, you know what should follow this? And this has been a trend now. I mean, look, Bellator just got Rumble. They got Romero. Now they have Pettis, and there's a theme here, right? They're guys with names who have a little bit left, but UFC thinking, we'll let you go. In this case, he, he he fought out his contract. The other cases were a little bit differently. But it's just saying, look, we want to reinvest back in the youth. It's cheaper, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the Diaz brothers, 
you have to think inevitably they're going to reunite with Coker and do the same, right? I, I, I don't know. It's a great question because Coker would let them do the kinds of things that they want to do. But where is your highest earning potential? Probably still UFC. Like, what's a fight, honestly, <clears throat> what's a fight that Bellator could make, however much the Diaz brothers might, might butt head with UFC leadership, that could get them the kind of money that a trilogy fight could get for Nate and Connor 3? Oh, yeah. Certainly with Nate, who's, who seems to have a little bit more in the tank, of course, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe more Nick, because Nick obviously has the, the, the specific Coker history. And, sorry, I'm burping like crazy during this show, Luke, okay? I hope I'm not dying, but... um. Uh, you know, yeah, maybe a little bit more for Nick, but um, I don't know their contract situation. You just get to a point if you want to fight stress free and you want to have your own dude wipe sponsor on your ass and you want to just kind of be treated the way you feel like you want to be treated. I feel like Uncle Scott can, you know, can make that happen. Certainly, I would agree. Uh, okay, <clears throat> which takes us to something you kind of alluded to. So let's circle back to it a little bit. Now, this part is definitely not confirmed in either direction, but two fights were reported announced something in between let's start with the real one first that uh when we say real i mean between two real fighters and a real bout of consequence michael chandler and dan hooker you had alluded that might be the co-main event for ufc 257 this would be if it's true michael uh, it was a new zealand outlet who reported it first uh if it's true it'd be michael chandler's ufc debut it'd be dan hooker coming off of the loss to dustin poirier bc I mean, is there any way to say anything other than this fight is awesome? Uh, Luke, I am currently uh, rock hard with emotion right now. <laughs> I've got a phoner. You know, somebody answer it. You know, yeah, yeah, wow. Uh, Luke, it is, this, look, this is a more difficult debut than even Eddie Alvarez going in there against a still primish Donald Cerrone. I mean, this gives Chandler... I mean, a stamp at instant, you know, instant, I'm a title contender. I mean, you look, you could even argue, Luke, and I know there's more people in the spots above them, but you can argue the winner of this is, like, right outside looking in to that title spot. Um, It's a great, great fight. And uh, I don't know if you can favor Chandler, though. I don't think you can. Hmm. But it might end up being the perfect fight for us to find out right now because this, you know, it's the tail end of Chandler's prime. But he couldn't be coming in here at a better, hotter moment than blowing away Benson Henderson and all that. Uh, I know he got knocked out by, by Pitbull. It was quick, all that. But you get what I'm saying. He, he's ready right now. He's fired up. I want to find out how great he is. This, this matchup's even more than fighting Kevin Lee's tattoo artist. This matchup would tell us right now how good this guy is. I'm ready for it. Why do you think they did not go with Chandler versus Gaethje? Uh, Gaethje has fought more recently than Hooker, who needs a fight, maybe, right? Yeah, but, like, the the fight that Gaethje was in was not particularly rough, right? I mean, he didn't take a, he didn't take a ton of abuse. And it's a little bit closer to the title, and Hooker did take a ton of abuse. Now, he, he is a Wolverine and heals in an amazing fashion. I'll give him credit. But still, I don't hate the fight. I'm just trying to understand... If you had one in the pocket, why would you go to this one? But I guess maybe the answer is they didn't have that one in the pocket. I don't know. Uh, you, you're really you're, you're putting two things up there that are great. Pick pick which one you want. I mean, come on, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, look. So you, tell me, tell me any reason that this is not a five round classic. Uh, the only way it's not a five round classic is if one of them gets stopped. Um, Chandler could knock him out on the feet. It's possible he could also take him down and ground and pound him, or Hooker could piece piece up. Uh, Michael Chandler a distance and then close the show. But if that doesn't happen, 
they're going to kill each other for 25 minutes. I mean, that part, uh, I wouldn't call it a guarantee, but insofar as the, that condition is met, you know, it's going, it's got, I'll tell you this much. I would be very surprised to see it go to decision. Super, super surprised. That Look, one's got finished written all over one way or the other. Look, unfortunately, and I, I love Dan Hooker. I love what he stands for. I love his fights, his ability. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna end up getting to that point quicker than he should, meaning that point where he's like a little washed because he puts himself so willingly in the line of fire and relies on his chin to try to maximize his chance to win the damn fight and do it excitingly. But it's I think it's one of those things that you just sit back and enjoy it. Enjoy the ride as long as he can carry this on. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, I, you know, he is certainly tough as hell, but he will he will die, he will fall on his sword if the bout calls for it, and he will never complain about it either. So, pretty incredible guy in that regard. The other one that got announced, and now we're seeing that the announce could be Fugazi. Fugazi, I'm not sure to pronounce it properly, which is your best friend and the your favorite combat athlete of 2020, Jake Paul, who apparently wants to have a boxing match with the man who literally had a hip replaced. Ben Askren. BC, I know you love absolute dog shit. Sell me on this. Oh, how dare you? Well, first of all, just to sort of, you know, put your skepticism out there, Ariel Hawani of ESPN and other outlets have said this is not a done deal. That Triller is looking to bring back Jake Paul March 28th for pay-per-view. Askren is among, excuse me, wow, among the MMA names that he's looking to match himself against. Um, it was only broken because... Chael Sonnen and Front Row Brian, a.k.a. the Fight Oracle, Luke, your biggest fan, who mm. are both noted friends of Askren, put it out in the ethos. Uh, so, look, let's just play as if it happens, right? God, that's smart matchmaking for Jake Paul. He wants to continue this momentum of showing that he's a quasi-celebrity <laughs> boxer against other names, and you really should go after a retired guy in MMA who doesn't have stand-up. I mean, this is perfect, right? And, and, had the, a, and had a hip replacement. Yeah, rewatch the Damian Maya fight. That was some sad-ass barroom boxing, and, and not in the in the best way, Luke. Um, it's, it's really perfect matchmaking. There, there are other guys in this greater category where you could say, okay, maybe that's a trap fight for Jake Paul. Maybe he's going to get himself knocked out, because I saw Ben Askren's quotes in that video he put on social media where he's like, look, I'm a world-class athlete. I'm an Olympian. I might not have the best striking, but this guy's a clown. And I, I think the reality is Jake Paul's a young, strong, athletic clown who has taken boxing pretty seriously, has brought in pro trainers. And if you're not at that level of, <laughs> of seriousness, you, you could get sent to hell. And I don't think Ben Askren will get Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson, according to all reports, only put gloves on for the first time like three months before that fight, Luke. So this was more like Nate Robinson thinking, oh, I'll get in there and have fun. I could probably, you know, beat this guy. And he just got humbled and served. But, um, yeah, I still think even with that, that this is a bad matchup for Ben Askren, Luke. And I um, you know what? If they're going to do it, I know you were like, I texted it to you last night and you were like, Get that shit away from I mean, you basically did a, a Dana, you know, uh, response video in reaction to it. Like, uh, and but in reality, Luke, you don't hate this. You would watch this. It, look, it's your disinterest or hate is not going to stop that train from getting to the station. So show up at the station, sit next to me, and we'll watch it together. All right. Yeah. Uh, no, I won't be watching it. I mean, I, I will agree with all of your analysis for the most part. Right. If you're Jake Paul and you're trying to do what he's doing. And we can describe it cynically, or we can describe it however you want, but whatever you want to call what he's doing, 
getting Ben Askren, who was in some big UFC fights, uh, has in terms of his pedigree, you know, the video that Askren put out, you're right, Olympian, two-time NCAA champion, you know, uh, champion in mixed martial arts and multiple organizations, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's got, it checks all the boxes, and then the guy's retired, has a hip replacement, and, you know, I don't think this is exactly an insult, but I think even he would tell you he probably did not have the best stand-up in all of the UFC, even when he was active in there. And so, it just, it, it's the perfect fight to do the kind of dumb shit that Jake Paul is doing. So, I will agree that the matchmaking is clever if they end up going this direction for what the, for what the effort is, but... You know, listen, folks, I'll just say this. I will not deny that this is a profitable thing for which there is a market. That is just incontestably true. But you can't look at something like this and be like, isn't this good? No, dude, this is good to a certain segment of the population, and that's okay. Not everything has to be for everybody. But this shit ain't for me, dude. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. If one guy gets viciously KO'd or they fight to boredom, it doesn't it doesn't do it's like listening to a Taylor Swift album. I'm like, and it doesn't Look, move remember, me. Remember in the movie The Naked Gun when they're watching the highlights on the on the on the screen at the stadium and the guy in the outfield was going to catch the ball and a car drove by and hit him and then a lion came out on top. Basically you're like, if these guys get in the ring and like a hole falls through the middle of the floor and the undertaker pulls them in and eats their flesh. That's on them. I'm okay. But here's the thing. Um, there's three letter acronyms to describe legends like that guy, FRB front row, Brian. He hates you. He calls you puke Thomas. There's a yeah. different very, three very letter. Clever. Very clever. There's a different three letter acronym of a man, an MMA veteran, a legend who might be the only guy we should bring out of retirement to potentially try to end this Paul brother fiasco. I'm not talking about Ben Askren. I'm talking about a man, a legend who lives in Brooklyn, New York, and his name is Bloodstain Lane. Can we go he, to the bullpen? No, he doesn't in, live in Brooklyn, you fucking jamoke. He lives in Ozone Park, which is Queens. Sorry, in Queens, in Ozone Park. Can somebody go down to Ozone Park, grab the legend BSL, Bloodstain Lane, the uh, the the affirmed, reaffirmed legend, the, the, the changed man who's about the Lord these days, and I respect him to a full degree. Can we bring in that guy from the bullpen, that right-hander, and end this Jake Paul thing? Who you got right now? Jake Dude, Paul versus no, Bloodstain Lane. No, I've actually Lane. seen real footage of uh, Bloodstain Lane sparring. Uh, maybe he was actually outright. Oh, I think it was a smoker in MMA. No, I mean, I don't know what kind of shape he's in. I mean, I, would, I couldn't tell you today, but... Back when I saw that video, he would absolutely fucking annihilate that guy. He's the um, king of queens. He's got hands. He's got real hands. Yeah. He's a legend. All right. Uh, yup. Remember he used to do that whole bit. That was great. Um, all right. Well, if you like that kind of thing, good luck. There's a lot more of it coming your way. So enjoy. I can't take it away from you, nor would I try. That being said, BC, we do have more uh, news and notes to get to. Uh, very quickly, Amanda Nunez has a fight scheduled with. Um, God, my name is her name is now slipping me. I have the notes here. Um, Megan Anderson. Megan the Anderson. One. Jesus Christ, what is wrong with me? But I think it's going to be in March now. BC. In fact, good I thing, it's going to be good, UFC two fifty nine. Good thing you stopped at JC, which was offensive enough, and you didn't go the extra the extra level there, Luke. The you know the uh, yeah. you know it's not real, right? When you die, you just rot in the ground. There's no there's no nothing after that. That's it. I know that man. All right. The book of Luke is actually a fraudulent book in the Bible that the scholars don't believe in any way. Was Light, anytime now, lightning. Anytime, please. That guy, okay. that guy right over there. Yeah, I mean, again, okay. for, for people who like facts, oh, no, so you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm the guy you want 
uh, as part of your audience. If you just want, if you have a demand problem where you want to be lied to all the time, I'm not your guy. So wow, uh, you, it's, it's bad enough that you know you you you've already set off all the the right the political right wingers. Now you're coming after my people. I, I don't stand for that. All right, you you will you will your flesh will burn listen, one day. Turn Please. the other cheek. Uh, UFC 259, March 6th, ESPN reported it first, Megan Anderson and Amanda Nunes. They will fight BC a little bit later than normal. Again, I think we sort of went over this. Like, who does this benefit? Probably it's going to benefit more Megan. But the question is, does it benefit her enough to make you think that the fight is more competitive this way? Dude, I I think there's questions. Like, let's be honest. Amanda didn't look great. In in beating um, Durandamy in the rematch, okay, she blew away. I guess Felicia Spencer. I'm just saying, I don't see the crispness. I don't see the 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 killer of a couple years ago. Maybe there's boredom built in. Maybe it's because she's doing more important things. Her and Nina just had their first child. Maybe it's it's whatever. Or maybe she sends me to hell and comes back and destroys Megan Anderson. But. I just think the future, and I've said this before, would be better served if she picked a division. If she just said, look, featherweight's easier to make. Uh, you know, I can defend it against whomever. Let's open back up the Bantamweight one. Because I, I don't think it's fair that other champ champs had gotten stripped instantaneously for business purposes. I get that there's not a ton out there. But, yes, this would probably be the right time. Fresh off a, a big family moment where Amanda was being a little bit more domestic than being, you know, prepared for combat in all things considered with the quarantine that that Megan would have a best chance. I've said it before that I think she's got a sneaky chance. I'm not going to pick her. She's, you know, whatever. But she's a live dog in here. It's not horrible. She's improved. She's big. She can go on the ground. But, um, yeah, she's coming back. And also, doesn't Nina have a fight, too, coming up? Against who, though? I forgot. Uh, I'm not sure. But getting back to the point about Amanda Nunes, your, your theory is interesting, which is to say – if Amanda has retained any version of what we've seen, I, I don't really know what chance Megan Anderson has, but there's a question to be asked about whether or not what we've seen is maybe still there. I thought she looked pretty awesome in the Felicia Spencer fight. The Durandamy fight was tough, but she gutted it out. Also, Durandamy's, I think, certainly a lot more decorated as a combat athlete than Megan Anderson, and I think Megan Anderson wouldn't take issue with that. That's, I mean, they call her the Iron Lady for a reason because of her background and everything, but... Um, yeah, I, I will say, I will say that the time off, I wonder what it does. It has not done necessarily anything discernible to male competitors who have had kids. She actually did not carry the child. I was actually Nina who did. So in that sense, there's not really historical precedent to say. There's reason to think that she might decline. But you wonder if this kind of dominance over time, how hard is it to maintain from a competitive edge standpoint? It's, a, it's an interesting question. And also, uh, I just looked it up. Brett Okamoto had been one of the people who put it out there. April 10th, they're targeting Nina's return from childbirth against Mackenzie Dern. Luke, that's a great, that's great matchmaking because Nina has somewhat wrongfully retained a very high ranking in that division, even though she's been inactive for so long. This really gives Mackenzie Dern a chance to catapult into that top, basically that top five, potentially with a win here, Luke. This is a really good matchup. I love that. Yeah, that's a good mom, one. And we, we talked about I mean, it two before, moms dude. against each other? Yeah, we talked about it before. Mackenzie Dern, I think there's some issues with um, with the intentionality of some of her strikes and the overall amount of weapons that she has. But, dude, she doesn't mind taking a shot. Like, she doesn't mind getting hit. And for a lot of jiu-jitsu players, particularly of her pedigree, that's often a hill they can't overcome. I think she's overcome it. Now, there's still some other problems behind that. But that one major obstacle, I don't think it's real for her. And Nina will have had all this time off and blah, blah, blah. 
it'll be interesting. That's an interesting. That's a great. That's a great piece of matchmaking right there. Look, what about the intentionality of her uh, accent? Uh, of, uh, of <laughs> that gets you so. For some reason, look, you got certain because, dude, triggers. You live right? in a world. You live in a world every day where no one has an accent, right? My mother had an accent. Hold on, hold on. My mother had an accent. I mean, English is a second language accent. My mother had an accent. My wife has an accent. My in-laws all have accents. Like half of my life is people who just have accents. I actually understand what it means to have your languages shaped by the people you're around and to what extent you speak them and in what ways. And these donks who just live in their mom's basement who have never had enough interaction with anyone who's ever like, and how hard it can be to learn a second language in another country and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. You know, I realize Mackenzie Dern's situation is different. She learned English and then had her English kind of reshaped by the people who speak Portuguese in her life. Oh, don't relitigate it. It was a joke. Shout out to Uncle Felipe. I'm just saying I've got a joystick here with different buttons. And when I press them, Luke, I know which ones, right? There's a USADA it's button. Fair. It's fair. There's it's fair. a... There's a Canadian journalist button. There's a Arby's curly. That one you care about. I don't care about that one. Arby's curly fries button. There's a lot. You know, I just <laughs> I just press them and just sit back, Luke, and just enjoy. All right. You're a you're you know who you are. You're a button masher. That's what you are. You just take your finger and you're like zip all the way across on the fucking uh, xylophone there. Fucking cocksucker. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, what have I ever accomplished in life, Luke? I you know what, Luke? Though, I would have jumped. I would have jumped off that cliff, bro. I know you would because it was five feet high. It was, the, I mean, Matt Sarah could like, you know, it was the, the difference between him and the water was the, <laughs> was the Matt Sarah height. It was nothing. That camera crew had to change out three batteries over that six hour day, Luke. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine being on that crew being like, is he going to fucking jump? What, what are we doing here? We're all getting sunburn watching this goof stand on the edge of nothing. All right. Would he pass a USADA test right now, Luke? Yeah, maybe, maybe not, but I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about that shit. Y'all care about that stuff. Who cares? Wow. There, let me add that other button. That's that's the, uh, you know, on the Xbox controller, there's that, like, extra button in the back. That's the... Uh, well, you know, or- we should put people in jail. Hey, maybe we shouldn't. You have outrageous opinions. Oh, do I? The guy who says we shouldn't put people in jail? Okay. All right. Hey, show I'm off that tat again. Great work. Can we shout out your tattoo artist? What's his name? Oh, yeah. Can we? His name is John Setzer. Uh, he is at Civilization Tattoo. Like straight up, no joke. That's that's great work. That is that shit. is craftsmanship. All right. Well, hold on. Is... There you can see. Yeah, right there. And you yeah. said the wrist was was agonizing, correct? Yeah. So the uh, the globe here was not so bad, and everything. Any any the way it works is whenever you get a tattoo, think about any body part, thigh, you know, arm, whatever. Anything in the center is not going to be that bad. So if you got a tattoo like here or something. It wouldn't be that bad. I mean, tattoos don't feel good, but you'd be like, whatever. Uh, but the further you go towards the extremities, it hurts. So this, these wings, I don't know if you can see them. These wings by the elbow, I'm trying to see because you can see here. They hurt. And then uh, the anchor by the wrist. <laughs> oh, buddy. That was spicy. That did yeah. not... That did not feel awesome. That actually did, really fucking hurt. Um, did you have any uh, anything in your system to help with the pain? Diet Mountain Dew. All right. And a whole lot of suck it the fuck up. Look, I'm an old bitch with that. I'm not, I can't do, I can't, you know. God, you should have saw me get those uh, COVID tests the other, last week. Good Lord. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if you want, see, here's the thing. You don't want the COVID test. Like, I wanted this, so it's a little bit different, but uh, okay. Last but not least, we have at least one boxing headline on our show before Christmas Eve day, BC. 
Charlo, Jamal Charlo making some interesting noise. Is he not saying, you know what? Fuck it. 168 pounds. I'll move up. I'll fight Canelo. Now, BC, we talked about Charlo on the night he fought Darren Vianchenko the last time we had, I think, was that the last time we saw each other or close to the last time we saw each other in person? And we had said, you know, if he looks good against Darren Vianchenko, who knows what it could set up? Well, he did look good against Darren Vianchenko. It was a very tough fight, one of the better fights of the year, but Charlo showed he was a real Class A opponent for um, for anybody in that weight class. But it doesn't look like Canelo has a ton of interest in going back to 160, although he could. Do you like the move, although it feels a little desperate maybe, for Charlo to no. say, I'll go to 168? It's not desperate. First of all, you were dead wrong. We saw each other for the dongumentary for, uh, oh, yes, for yes, yes. Tank Davis. Uh, but look, no, this is smart. It puts it out in the ethos that he wants it, because right now you're right. Everyone knows Canelo's the A. He's the A side of the whole sport. You got to come to him. He prefers to fight at 68 because it's easier on his body, and he has shown us that he can handle whatever he has to handle at 68. Jamal Charlo's already a big-ass middleweight who probably has to struggle down to 160 a bit. So this just makes a lot of sense. And with Canelo being a uh, promotional network free agent at the moment, this should give him some enticement of where he wants to go. Luke, I don't know if Canelo will do one-fight deals moving forward or if it's more advantageous from a storyline building standpoint to do multi-fight smaller deals. And what I mean by that is you beat a guy and you set up the storyline on whatever network you're on that you're going to face the next guy. You can say that doesn't matter, but it does help, you know, especially if you sign with the PBC and they have deals with Showtime and Fox and every fight they have or NFL broadcast from now until then, you're going to keep telling that story. This should put another sort of drop in the bucket of potentially, hey, what does the PBC have to offer? Yes, there's Caleb Plant if I want to unify. There's David Benavidez, a former champion who could make a fun-ass fight, uh, all-Mexican war, so to speak. And then there's Jamal Charlo. And there's some people, I saw a great tweet from uh, Cliff Roll, the respected boxing writer. He thinks, Luke, tell me if you think this is crazy, okay? The Charlo brothers just made their pay-per-view debut. It did good numbers, right? It didn't do a million, I mean, but it did good numbers for a debut, Cliff Roll believes that Jamal Charlo, if they build to it the right way, could be Canelo's biggest pay-per-view fight since Floyd. When you say when you say build to it the right way, what does that mean exactly? Like I, to, I guess to, that to means. I guess that means you know, let's say Canelo did sign a couple fight deal with PBC. Let's say right. we started to put it in motion, and whoever they fought next, they would talk about fighting each other, and you would do something big in the it's interim. Plant, plant is a PBC fighter, right? Yes. And so you uh, do the, the whole you do the plant fight next, and then what would you do? Well, maybe then you do the whole. The whole idea is this: Look, Floyd versus Canelo, which was Canelo's uh, pay per view debut, did like two point four million dollars or two point two million buys, right? Which was massive. Since then, Canelo has done over just over a million twice with Golovkin and nine hundred thousand with with Cotto. Uh, the idea is that could Jamal Charlo be built up enough as a star, as an unbeaten, mm. brash American to, to, to really fill that B-side hole and really put... Because, like, let's say it. Golovkin, before those two Canelo fights, had kind of bombed on pay-per-view previously with um with David Lemieux in his debut. It sold, like, 175,000 buys, which at that point was just disastrous. Could Jamal Charlo be that B-side? It's, it's an interesting thought. Um, I... I am of the belief that the Charlos have significant star potential, but they're just not there yet. Like, they deserve to be on pay-per-view. That's not what I'm saying. Like, I don't disagree with that call. 
But what I'm saying is to get the most out of what they could become because they sort of represent like this, like oh, let's be real about it. There's a huge uh, portion of the audience of boxing that's African-American and these guys are young and they're brash and they got tons of swag. They're kind of representative of that portion of the market, but they have not, like it, what was the big deal about beating Derevianchenko? That was the first time people could say he beat like a real opponent. There was no bullshit about it. Like that was a real sort of coming of age moment. But now you got to build on that a couple times I feel like before folks can really understand, like how many people would list Charlo, not boxing fans, just casual fans, or at least, you know, semi-casual fans who, who know who the Charlos are, who could name and rattle off four or five fights that they've had. They're just not quite there yet. So to me, it's like, do I think that they have in them the kinds of ingredients that if nurtured to your, to this guy's point could be something more than what they are? No doubt about it. But I don't think you can just shove them to the front of the line and get it. In fact, I think if Canelo right. fought them and let's say he beat Charlo kind of handily, which he might, you kind of ruin all of that. So to me, it's like, let's figure out who their next couple of chess pieces are and then we can get to that one. I mean, Canelo's only 30, right? We don't have to rush yeah. that one exactly. No, no, you don't. But look, like, uh, you know, Triple G, you sold that fight because of what it what the potential was. But Triple G can't sell a fight with his mouth for the most part. Jamal Charlo potentially could, especially if they, you know, if he, if he mixed it up a little verbally and tried to get out there. It's interesting. And obviously, look, ability-wise, Jamal, Jamal Charlo's a live dog against Canelo. I've said that from day one. I agree the one with that. Thing, the one thing you don't see Canelo going out of his way to do is fight people with, with really quick feet, right? And that's why I've always given Caleb Plant much more of a chance than other people would. You know, if he's the quicker man, He's probably going to get you, right? And I know when he was at junior middleweight, he was a big junior middleweight, and he did do that against guys like Trout and Lara, who were quick boxers, and he had trouble, and he just barely won. Jamal Charlo, who can also punch, by the way, uh, is really athletic and quick. It would be a very interesting test for Canelo. I, I love it. I love the idea. Yeah, down the road, I would absolutely love to see it. Next? Not so much next. Um, no. Okay. With that in mind, BC, it is uh, time for us. We, you know, we killed Dana at the beginning of the show, but now it's time for us to get killed by the viewers. It's time for your and my least favorite but most important segment. It's time for Dead Wrong. Take it away, good sir. Yeah, it's kind of for some accountability, right? That's what we do here in MK Land. We'll take the L. Like, I got so many MAGA heads. Uh, by the way, I'm not even like 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 totally like f you right side maga i'm sort of like you know the, the, they can be my people too but i got people just saying just take the lbc just shut up and take the l all right we'll take the l right here okay luke here we go uh we'll start out with this luke you were dead wrong during have you seen this shit on monday when the um when the english soccer presenter was putting her hand up to the graphic you said that theo walcott plays for aston villa or burnley he plays yeah. for Southampton. I mean, okay. <laughs> yes, I was wrong. It's like, wow, this semi-irrelevant figure doesn't play for this shit team or that shit team. He plays for a different shit team. Okay, all right, fine. I yeah, yes. All right, but unlike right. Dana, you'll take the L. Because here's the thing, Dana, the Dana, Dana put together that hit piece of all people saying he couldn't do it, by the way, and left out Joe Rogan. Um, Dana also could have put on that hit piece. Remember that really awkward interview he did with Ioli back in, like, March where he was like, if the coronavirus is going to get me, come and get me, Corona. Come on. Like, it just, oh, like, he did the uh, Harold Howard thing? Yeah, just absolutely just ridiculous. Like, at that point, just bonker. Yeah, all right, whatever. All right, Luke, uh, let's take another L here on Dead Wrong. It's me. Brian stated that Luke's new tattoo 
fall somewhere between Kevin Lee's head tat and Darren Elkins' tattoo that reads danger across his chest. Luke, I was dead wrong. Elkins' absurd writing in blood actually damage. says the damage. The yes. damage. Yes. yes. Which is danger. Um, it's a danger hell of a Darren tattoo. Elkins is not. Yeah, that is a heck of an idea, Luke. PC, uh, well, that... I already said if we got to a million subs, I would get an MK tattoo. So let's let's flip the script here for just a second. What would it take? No bullshit. Like, if it really came down to it, and obviously it had to be something glorious, but what would it take for you to get an MK tattoo? And when I say that, you know, a, a tattoo of your choosing, a size and location, like you can kind of put it wherever you want, that sort of thing. So it would have to be an MK-inspired tattoo? I would grant some license, yes. Like, like for example, just basic on my outside of my bicep, just do like morning com, like the morning combat logo. Yeah, or you could do two guys pushing their fingers together or something. Or I can take the um, the fist in the uh, the sphincter. I mean, sorry, the the sun rising here, <laughs> the, the logos, you know, and put that somewhere on my body. Yeah, um, something like. I mean, it has to be like a little bit clearer than that. But w w what would it take? Well, I'm I'm a I'm an I'm an old bitch when it comes to needles, so it would take. Uh, a Dana White uh, apology video? No, it would take. Um, <laughs> you'll you'll never get a tattoo in that case. Uh, it would take. Uh, now, what is because you put a million? I look, dude, a million subs is like who has a million subs of people that are relatively in our sphere? No one, right? Uh, Marcos um, from Fight Hub TV is kind of close. Oh, He's wow. Kind of okay. What about like an Ellie Secback who's been doing this forever? Probably no. close. Right? I mean, but he just, you know, he, have you ever seen his setup? I mean, Ellie's a nice guy, but he shows up with a camcorder and then a potato and is like, well, reporting, you know. He's the original gorilla. I got nothing bad to say about Ellie Secback. Love that guy. Um, So, all right. We're, we're closing in on 100K in reality, right? We're, we're getting yeah, there. We'll, we're we'll getting have 100K there. probably first quarter 2021. Yeah. 500,000 YouTube subscribers to Morning Combat. Wow. Would I get a tattoo? Would you get a tattoo of the imprint of my balls in ink? <laughs> I actually would kind of be down with with the whole with the whole two logos here, right? Maybe like Yeah. Yeah, yeah that actually that's a cool yeah, I like that actually. That's a cool idea. You could get the sun on one shoulder and you could get the fist on the other shoulder. You'd be like a real fucking man that way, you know? All right. 500,000 subs, a million subs. 500,000 YouTube sub. Yes. Yes. I will do that. Yes. All right. There you have it. There you have it. Uh, what else are we dead I, wrong about, good sir? All right. All right. Uh, Luke, you do this dead wrong a lot. And we don't always call you on it. But on last Friday's show during the Cheeto versus Aldo preview, you said Jose Aldo's first UFC loss at Bantamweight was to the champion Marlon Moraes <laughs> when Marlon was never a UFC champion. I think I've done he that like three times. Yeah, he's a former World Series of Fighting champion. He fought Henry Cejudo for the vacant title and lost it, but you have oh, claimed God. he's a former... Look, you're dead wrong. I'm so fucking wrong. Dude, that's like one of those things where like, you ever get a word in your head? And you have misspelled it, and for some reason your brain won't allow you to to not misspell it. Like you're, it just the word order is just a letter order is just stuck in your brain. I can't get out of my head that Marlon Moraes actually was never a UFC champion. In my brain, it is fucking stuck. I am dead wrong. I'm dead wrong. So he, he's he'll be Bruce Jenner in your brain forever, is what you're saying. Something like that. Yes. All right. Hell well, Luke, uh, our. Our final dead wrong of the week goes out to both of us. Well, specifically me. This has been the most responsive 
comeback from our audience to how badly I was wrong on Monday's show during Have You Seen This Shit when we showed yet another double tip on tip from a celebrity this time from Sakuraba, and I jokingly made the notion of, wow, maybe we started this trend, Luke. Now, I didn't think we actually started the double one. I, I assumed something was up with that. But, Luke, it is back in full-on in our face that the people, our viewers and listeners, supposedly people that love us and know us, were like, bro, how do you not know that's Dragon Ball Z? Um, not only do they expect to see us doing this together soon, don't, don't, first of all, don't, don't be like, how'd you guys miss this anime? Like, come on, come on. Like, seriously, like, come on, you know, I know it's like, I can't, I can't really badmouth anime because a lot of people who like us like anime and Israel Adesanya is way tougher and way cooler than me. And he loves anime. But with the exception of Adesanya, it's fucking for dorks. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, (laughs) Adesanya gets a pass because he's the coolest fucking guy that, you know, is basically out there right now. But all the rest of you fucking Jamokes, you know. Yeah, so uh, we're actually not wrong. Not knowing what that is makes you right. Makes you cool. Knowing what that is makes you dead wrong, audience. BC, BC, I may not know much about Dragon Ball Z, but you know what I do know what uh, about? I know how to throw a spiral. I can tell you that. Uh, I know that. I'll tell you, I think I had Dragon Ball Z by about the second needle during that surgery. Good Lord, Luke. I mean, right in like the, you know, that line between the two, that's where they put the, oh my God, three top three needles. Oh, they get dude. you, they get you at the fissure, huh? The little space. Right at oh, the, wow. the, the, the equator of, yeah, right at the old, uh, wow. Right. Not the Tropic of Capra balls, right? Not that side, right down the middle, right on. No, oh. And not, not the rock of your balters either. Uh, no, no. And by the way, other people's doctors were like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll prescribe you a pill to take beforehand that'll make you loopy when you come in and kind of yeah. not with it. No, my 75 year old work once a week ex Vietnam veteran doctor that I didn't research at all and chose was like, come on in, sit down, be a man. We're going three times down there, bro. Three for to Luke to even joke that I am still emotionally scarred from the experience would be a joke, Luke. OK. Is that all we're dead wrong about? I was dead wrong for getting that surgery, Luke, by far, okay? And by the way, everyone in my, their brother emailed that to me as well. And I, you know, listen, I hope that the anime dorks, which is what they are, and virgins, understand we're just joking. Oh. I don't know that I'm better than you. I mean, I'm probably better than you, with the exception of Looks Israel like Asanya, I think who's I, better than me. Yeah. You know? Luke, but I do know how to nah, throw a Luke, spiral, BC. Luke, that. when you turn the microphone off, you're like, I'm better than all those people. I know that. But Luke, luckily, <laughs> a lot of these Dragon Ball Z nerds create great fan artwork and submissions. And they let's transfer do. to that segment. Luke, we have a loaded one right here. Woohoo! Let's do this it. This is your, your Christmas and Boxing Day combined fan submissions, Luke. Here we go. Gary P. going to kick it off saying... I just wanted to say thank you guys for everything through these difficult times. Keep up the good work. Check out Gary P with a hat and sweatshirt combo, Luke. Look at this heterosexual, huh? Killing the Yeah, <laughs> damn right. That guy don't know what Dragon Ball is. Look at that guy. I love that guy, right? You know, but he has the he has the two the twofer. He's got the hoodie and the hat. So fuck your life. Gary P is the new president of the country. That's what I said. Yeah, you know what the P stands for? Pussy, because that's what he's getting with that <laughs> with those clothes on right there. Okay, thank you, Gary. We love you. Uh, let's go to one of our favorite people, at least one of mine, Bill from Bill and Jen's RV Adventure. Oh, Luke, just these to remind are you, amazing. Is that Alcatraz? They're the best. They ju- they sold their house. 
They jumped in the RV. They work from the RV and they just travel our fine country wearing MK merch. This is Bill at Alcatraz, Luke. The Rock, baby. By the way, The Rock, is that is that not an incredible movie? Maybe Nicolas Cage's best movie, would you I argue? I still haven't seen it. I know. Oh, my he, God. He, You've never seen The Rock? You want to do that for homework next week? Yes. I can do that. Fuck know? yes, dude. Start, we'll talk about, we'll, you know what? We'll circle back on one. The Rock is legitimately one of my favorite bad movies. It's not a bad movie, but it's like whatever kind of movie. But it's is it one than of Con my Air? favorites. Is it Con, Con Air? Air Con Air. Con, the Rock, the movie, The Rock, bangs Con Air's girlfriend in front of Con Air and makes Con, <laughs> eye contact with Con Air while doing it. That's how good The Rock wow. is relative wow. to Con Air. Well, I can't tell here as we continue the slides of Bill from Bill and Jen. I don't know if Bill only owns three T-shirts inside of his camper, and, and it just happens to be MK's one of them, but I love this man wearing it. Uh, Gaff, can we advance to the uh, to the next slide, please? Yep, here's, here's, uh, here's Bill on the Alcatraz baseball field uh, over there by uh, first base, I think. Luke, have you ever been to The Rock? No, I don't think I have. All right, me neither. Can we go to the next one? And here's also Bill... Uh, Hanging out, yes, on the island there. Uh, shout out to great people that support our show. Very well done. Uh, Luke, we've got a video coming from Daniel W. I have no idea what it is. Let's check it out. Good morning, fellas. From the jungles of San Diego. Rocking the Black Friday purchase. You two are awesome, man. Keep it up. And Luke, fuck you, bitch. This means I love you. These are devil horns. You get it right, dick. May all your gains be loyal and stay frosty. Thanks, fellas. <laughs> oh, I this, love that guy. Uh, first of all, it's hilarious. So is this really I love you in sign language? I have no idea, but that was hilarious. I, did, I have not seen that ahead of time. They did not prep me with that. Wow. BC, Shout you know what Daniel. this means. You know what that means, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> You know what? That was a good roast, though. I appreciate a good roast. That was a good roast. I like yeah, it. Yeah, thank you for supporting our merch, Daniel M. Uh, love it. Love it. He, you know, he might, he might, that guy might have a firearm on him while he recorded this. Luke, you know? He looks like the kind that just sort of takes one to Waffle House for no apparent reason. Yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Hey, Ben S. has given uh, two of our MK's youngest listeners some nice MK merch. Aww. Yes. Very I think cute. we have two slides here. I like There's that the shutter child. speed is, uh, you know, <laughs> a, a, not, not so great, but okay. <laughs> the sizing. Uh, do we have kid sizes on the MK clothes? Probably not, Luke, right? We don't. don't we can't even get so. one to Canada, so I don't. I doubt that we have kids. You know what? And I, would, second, and I would kill this guy for the state of his living room, but <laughs> uh, my toddler does this as well, so I can't talk shit. I'm sure Uncle Felipe is not that organized either, all right? No, so no, no. Actually, go, he, dude, actually, he's like super organized. Oh, wow. Shout out to that guy. Shout out to Ben S. and family rocking the MK. We love you. Thank you very much. All right. We have an obsolete opinion with this Luke Thomas meme coming up. I have no idea what that means either. I can't see it. <laughs> Gaff, can you read what that says? We can't. Can you take us off the screen so we can see it, please? Gaff, there can a you way go to... full with that? Yeah, just go full screen. Okay, this is maybe, from you can, yeah, maybe you can readjust. Opinion. This one is dying a... on the vine here pretty quickly, BC, for a live yeah, show. Well, it's not it's not his it's not obsolete opinions fault. It's not your fault. It's not my fault, Luke. It's 
It's probably Jay's fault. So Should we just take a nap while they figure this out, or? Did I make a joke about banging Santa Claus's wife or yeah. mom? Yes, you did. Yes, you did, Luke. Okay. <laughs> I don't recall such slander, and I will not acknowledge it. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, sh- shout out to Obsolete Opinion. Sorry that got so butchered. Scott M. Rizzo, Luke. He is all over us lately. Check out this new movie poster. Luke and Brian go to White Castle. <laughs> From the director of Dude, Where's My Car? Luke Thomas, Brian Campbell go to White Castle. Fast food. High times. You know, I've never seen Harold and Kumar go oh, to White Castle. Dude, you need to watch. I haven't seen the second. No, I have seen the second one. The first one is is great. It, look, it's not as good as Half Baked, but it's in the same ballpark. I saw the. I told you I saw the Christmas special, and that was like okay. It was fine. Yeah, it's 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 okay at best. This this one's good. This is a good ass funny flick. What is your fast food go to when you get high? Uh, if I well, in the back in the day, it was it was Wendy's. But uh, if I have a lot of choices, I mean, look, dude, I'm a Taco Bell guy, ride or die. Yeah, right? Taco Bell is your number one go to right there. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. One time, <laughs> we <laughs> we used to uh, we used to do that, Luke, and then go to Wendy's, but like wear like whatever we were wearing. So one time, I had like pajama pants on, some some like winter Christmas slippers. And like a lumberjack jacket that you would see like a construction worker work and like a winter hat. And I was and we went to Wendy's and I was order, you know, we ordered we used to get we used to go to the value menu at Wendy's and be like, you know, say, what are you going to order? And we go, I'm going to order nine dollars worth. No, I'm going to order ten dollars worth. And I ordered like eleven dollars worth. OK, I had so much ketchup on this cheeseburger, right, that as I was biting it, Luke, just this glob was going to fall down on top of me. And I stuck my hand under to catch the ketchup in midair. So I got a burger. I got a handful of ketchup. I'm wearing a lumberjack coat with a winter hat and pajamas. And I look up and I hear my name being called. And it was like the chick that I had like the biggest crush on in high school. And this was like in college. And um, I was like, yep, this is where I am in life right now. So it's great. It's great to see you again. Got to go. Right. And just continued to plow through the food. Look, it happened. I, uh, when I when I did when I finished Rogan's show where I identified you by name several times, I had not had I think I'd had maybe like half of a muffin that morning, and I didn't have anything to eat for lunch. Then we go in there and I didn't we got out of there like five thirty in the afternoon, and so I, all I had all day was a muffin and I was a little bit drunk. So I go back to my hotel room and I ordered and I'm not kidding thirty five dollars with the Taco Bell. I didn't end up eating half of it, but I just had one of those moments where I had to shovel food in my mouth, and I ordered like, like at, ten quesaritos or some shit. What a waste that like was! Like at but some point, worse. are you are you are you eating on the toilet at some point? Because I bet as you get to like the seven dollar point of ingestion, your body's like, I, I got to bail, bro. Right? I don't think I did that, but I've done that in the past. But I didn't do it that day. Yes. All right. Hey, let's roll on here. Uh, Tassos the Greek has a uh, another creation for us, Pulp Fiction inspired. Luke, cut it out or I will. This will teach you to brutally colonize me, Doc. I don't get Maybe it. Maybe colonize? Uh, Gaff, oh, what does colonize? it say in the bottom left corner? What does it say in the bottom there since we can't take this full screen? Cough, cough. Okay, all right. It's weird. They talk about they 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 love talking about butts and balls on this show. So, yeah. 
All right. All right. Well done. Well, speaking of Pulp Fiction, our guy Sean is checking in with something here. Let's see if we can read it. Oh, look at that. Dude, does he not look like a serial killer? Look at this fucking guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's got the Pulp Fiction VHS tape, right? (laughs) He's got the the Morning Combat t-shirt. Love the combo right there. Yeah, this dude is definitely, you know, he has worn people's skin as an outfit a couple of times. (laughs) He's a veteran of retrieving the lotion from the basket, actually. That's right. All right, Luke, uh, another friend of the show checking in. This is Jariah P., and he says, went to a Christmas light show, and my girlfriend wanted to have a nice romantic time on the Ferris wheel, but I made her take pictures to show off my great new T-shirts for the show. She took it in stride and even went tip to tip. Also, I don't have a shitty soul patch. That's just a scab. (laughs) Luke, he anticipated your comeback. And also, he has a woman with him. That's that's wearing, fairly fairly rare. Wearing our merch, prepared yeah. to go tip on tip. All right, Luke. yeah, 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 yeah. Impressive. Well, I'd say you know what? Thanks to this lovely young couple for supporting the show. Very good looking couple. Shout out to Jariah P. Right there. All right. Hopefully, he found the P as well. Uh, Luke Wilfredo M is going to check in from downtown Detroit. Yes, little self tip on tip action, Luke. And also, it's the fist from uh, the com, the KOM. This is Detroit. That is. Shout out to Wilfredo. Wilfredo M. I'm surprised no one is hitting him with a glass bottle. (laughs) Francisco. Yes. All right. Todd M. checking in with BC the Trash Panda. Luke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you and those curly. These. This is. You think this is Photoshop. This is a picture. Yeah, this is a picture of BC and his yeah. lunch friends enjoying. Th- this is who eats Arby's. It's you and divorced dads. That's and then raccoons. That's well, it. I got a lot of DMs saying, yeah, you're right. Luke has no idea how great the Arby's is. Yeah, yeah, you got DMs are. from fucking idiots. You didn't get DMs from anybody who knows anything about fries. Look, we need to grab a camera. And create a new thing. Not not Food Truck Diary. Shout out. I heard that's a great franchise starring Brendan Schaub. I'm talking about maybe like Gas Station Diaries or something. You and I hit up an Arby's. We go to Cumberland Farms. You know what I mean? We really. Yeah, we already have our own diaries. Can we not call it diaries? We could just call it like, you know, diarrhea? fast food fuck off or something. I fast don't know, food something diarrhea? Like How about that, Luke? That's, yeah. yeah. All right. And here's here's hey. the thing. BC, did you have a job in high school? Did you work in high school? Yes, I worked at McDonald's on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m., hungover as shit, yes. Okay, I worked at a Chick-fil-A in high school, and it was a good job, and I was glad to have it, and I got fired, and that's okay. But the point being is you got the waffle fry chi- is the king. Uh, I used to work the drive through but I would take the headset with me to the bathroom and drop bombs and like do sound effects through it. It was great. You were like, doing the right, naked um, gun bit where you're at the urinal, just urinating yes, and farting constantly? yes. Exactly. Hey, Ryan R has, uh, he says, since Luke loves the song 12 Days of Christmas so much, I thought I'd make a 12 months of COVID combat edition. Merry Christmas, guys. Let's play it, Gaff. <laughs> oh god Okay 
pounding salt. Not quite. Three damn needles. Two. <laughs> so good. Oh, well wow. Wow. Shout out to all the people who we didn't react kindly to their thing because we couldn't read it, but everyone's work is so great. Let's continue here, Luke. Um, That's really well done. It's apparently time for Dickles to take over, Luke, and it starts with Misa Horny. <laughs> Disney After Dark, Luke. Shout out to the Gungans <laughs> on this I, one. Did right? I not make... I think I made some kind of like Jar Jar Binks joke, and then you came on instead of me so horny, like Two Live Crew. You did me... Or did I do that? Who did this one? Who did this uh, one? Probably both of us. It was a collective yeah. group. Shout out to Dickles. He, uh, his email got bounced back last week, so we're going to get a full batch right here. Next up is uh, me and my cat Zoe, Luke, who made her first appearance on Morning Combat that time. <laughs> <laughs> It's so true. She's a great cat, but she does injure me a lot. Look, she will bite down to the bone out of like go from kissing to just murder out of no just just like that, Luke. All right. You have this any This is your relationship like with Dana. Yeah, yeah, and my wife too. Yeah. So well done. All right. Yeah, it's great. Okay, Luke. Uh moving on here. Dickles also has a video about your new tattoo. Check it out. A lot of tats. A lot of tats. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, a lot of tats. Uh okay. Tits for tats, Luke, okay? And I'm actually getting a tattoo coming up here very soon, DC. How about that? All right. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Thomas. Women's boxing is not especially exciting. In fact, it's usually fucking boring. Well, well done, Dickles. That's fan- Luke. That's fantastic, right there. Yes, co-host. Yeah, that's the tattoo you'd have to get is co-host. I like the one on the back with the two tips and the full logo. Well done, right there. I, I um, like how everyone treats my assessment of women's boxing as a hot take. No one, the no one, full well in private conversation. Y'all all tell me the exact same thing. But okay, y'all can pretend. Y'all can pretend. Luke, how right. about that back tat? On my on the outside of my arm at five hundred thousand subs. That's not. I bad. think your wife would legitimately hit you over the head with a garden rake yeah, if you did a, that. That's a Zoe the cat would bite the shit on me. That's that's for sure. All right, Dickles has another one here. Here's a play on the famous meme with Luke. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Not wrong. He's not wrong. What can I say? Guilty as charged. Not wrong. Not wrong. Uh, here is another one from Dickles called "The Four Stages of Luke's Dead Wrong." All right, Luke, let's get on to um, a segment that makes you increasingly angry week by week. It's called Dead Wrong. Those words never came out of my mouth. And I didn't even co-sign it. I just let it rock and go onto the ether. I was studying something else. So two times the audience wants to nail me to the wall. And two times they got... All right, Luke, let's get on to me to the wall and two times they got it totally fucking wrong okay do we hear this guy you fucking ape why don't you go finger paint with your uh, your kitten coco go fuck yourself who are you osama bin laden that's an osama bin laden so it can be both of us being right actually is not true it's a totally uh 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 
incorrect way to think about it. But you know what? Doesn't really matter. You fucked up. You're dead wrong. Hi, everyone. My name is Luke Thomas. Who the fuck eats at Arby's besides raccoons? Go fuck yourself. (laughs) BC, I can't believe I didn't win friendliest in high school. It is very surprising. Does, Does... does Dick Holes know us better than we know ourselves right now? I mean, what is going on? Here? Honestly, honestly, if this is my dad, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, actually, I would be because he wouldn't put that much effort in. But he certainly has the same sensibilities about me as Dickles. All right, Dickles is not done yet. Now let's get into the Christmas spirit with BC and his bag o' porn. <laughs> <laughs> It has happened at many, many a stag. And by the way, Luke, Dude, I have seen that the sand, item. The, sa- the sandals are really, Yes, I mean. I, I have presented that item to so many different uh, auction, <laughs> or what do you call it? Uh, not auction, uh, raffle tables. And I've seen it selected ahead of golf clubs, a PlayStation, bottles of expensive liquor. Luke, the old guys go right friggin' for it, okay? Oh, Thank you. Oh, dude, the sandals are just too much do you wear socks with sandals do you wear like cro- crocs and shit when you go to walmart are you like no guy? i you I, I won't lie to you though when my kid so so you know you might know this already when my kids were really young you know how you go through that early like fat dad phase you know what i mean yes. and like you're yes. taking life seriously because you're a dad for the first time so you you stop caring about things like your presentation but you care more about other things yes i would go to walmart with crocs and socks until my wife was like don't ever ever leave the house like that again and if you do don't come back yeah so uh thank you i threw away all crocs i don't know the name all right uh we have one we have two more from dickles uh luke as santa claus coming up here okay that's fair that's fair (laughs) luke uh we i have a 90s counter there should be a luke two-handed eyeglasses adjustment counter right yeah i agree i it's it's a bad tick that i have all right, and to close from Dickles, who I think is the new web scream at this point. I love myself some web scream, but Dickles is on a run here. Uh, finally, Mary Tipmas from Dick Dickles. Is that urine in the snow? I think that's a Christmas card, Luke, of uh, of the the previous two pictures. I think this is the Mer- the morning combat Christmas card he wants us to send out. Mary Tipmas. Got it. All right. Well, very nice. There it is, Luke. There it is. Shout out to all. All of our people, even the people that got no sold, shout you out for your effort on there. Thank you very much. That was good. That was really, really well done. That was a very good episode of um, of uh, fan submissions. Um, by the way, if you want to send those fan submissions, the best place and the only place to do it is not my DMs. I ain't going to do anything with it. Morningcombat at gmail.com. That is where you want to go. And, of course, you can DM Brian if you want. But really, make it easy on everybody. Send it to the Gmail address. Morningcombat, all one word there at gmail.com brian we will have a friday show for everybody it won't be live it'll be recorded but do you have any uh christmas wishes any uh things you want to say to the audience before we sign off here yeah look it's the holiday season where people get nicer you think about the things that you deep inside actually care about thank you we said this during thanksgiving but i mean that uh the whole idea of even joking about a tattoo at five hundred thousand subs we're nowhere we're nothing nowhere without all you guys so i i can't tell you how much I appreciate the DMs, the the tweets, the the submissions of art, buying our MK merch and putting it on your kids. I mean, like, this is one amazing, dysfunctional, happy family that we built here. Luke, I always wished I could be on a show that that would 
people would care this much about that that would have this type of outreach and uh this has been a year and a half of just joy and uh it's because of the people luke it really is i mean i love jay and calf and manich and and mad s and all the you know daily all our great people that help put the show on i love you luke don't don't get that twisted but uh our people they fuel me sometimes you think they fuel me too much sometimes you think luke i'm willing to live and die for them in order to spite you and you might be correct on that, but shout out to Mikey Morms as well, one of our, another one of our great producers. Um, all everyone putting it together, right? The people behind the scenes, the the fans clicking like and 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 subscribe, and you and I putting this crap out. MK, all day, nearly every day. Luke, I could not be happier in life right now, and a lot of that is because of two letters, right? MK. So thank you, people. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Boxing Day to Aaron Bronstetter. Yes, thank you. Yes, all I will say is, I mean, I couldn't say it better than BC, so I will just add, holidays can be, you know, great time for many. It can be sometimes a bit of a weird time for others, so please don't drink and drive. If there's some kind of issue you have out there, call somebody, uh, take precautions. There's no need for anything bad to happen that is preventable. And some things I suppose in life are not, but many of them are. Please don't uh, text and drive. Don't drink and drive. Don't do anything like that. Take care of yourself. 2021 is not going to be, I think, the easiest year, but I do think it's going to be better than 2020 and probably by a considerable margin. Certainly for this show, we have big plans. So I would echo everything Brian said in terms of thanking the audience, thanking him, thanking the crew that makes this possible, CBS Sports, Showtime, Malka, the whole everyone in between. But also take care of yourself so you can be with us on this journey as we keep going together. It's not me and Brian. It's all of us together. And uh, we, of course, want everyone to be happy and as, part of, as much of a part of that as, uh, as they can or want to be. So I would just add Absolutely. that as well. So just um, to reiterate what you said, get ready for Friday on Christmas. If you get a little break from celebrating with the family, you want to take a, take a dump, you can turn on the MK. We'll have a bonus Q&A episode Built off of your questions, so thank you very much for sending those in on the Apple Podcast Reviews. Luke, do you want to tell them about episode 100? Not yet. Not yet. We're still trying to figure it out, but we have big things planned. Big things planned, so stay tuned for that. Uh, In the meantime, if you want to try Showtime, maybe during the holiday season, you can go to Showtime.com, get a 30-day free trial. If you like it, keep it. If not, go about your merry way. If you want to get some merch, maybe for the new year, not so much for Christmas at this point, but still, store.show.com. Uh, like and subscribe to the video, and of course we are on social media. As is the MK stuff. It's it's morning combat everywhere: YouTube, Gmail, Instagram, Twitter, and then of course you can follow me and Brian right there. Take a screenshot if you need to, and then give us a follow and a subscribe. So thanks to everyone who has made everything up to this point uh, possible. We appreciate you. Take care of yourself. We will talk to you guys on Friday with our little Q and A episode. Thanks to all your questions, and until then, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. May all of your gains be loyal.